Welcome to the Hanging Banners Podcast with your host, Tyler Witt. How about this block here by Tyler Witt? You're going to see him get out in front, and he's going to get a key block that springs this play. Jack Coachman. And here he is, having the time of his life. And Ryan Sartori. Maybe short, but he's thick. <laughs> that's, that's thick with two seats. And... Welcome back. It's episode 25 of the Hanging Banners podcast. I'm Ryan Sartori with me as always. Well, not really as always. Sometimes it's just one of them, but today it's both of them. Tyler Witt, Jack Coachman. We are all the Hanging Banners podcast. Gentlemen, welcome back for another episode. Yeah. That was good. We're so bad at your post intro conversation. I was like, yep. oh, no, I was about to just sit here in silence again. But that that year was so important. <laughs> it's just really put, it, all the weight is put on me and Jack to, like, make something of that uh-huh. transition. And I it never it. happens. And I've been I've been trying to do my best to get it out of the way and to you guys faster. Sometimes I talk a little bit too much at the beginning just to be like, let's see, like maybe their apprehensions won't be as much after, you know, like a minute of me droning on about like, welcome to the show. And no, still every time it's just like, who's going to do it? (laughs) I think it's going to pop their cherry this podcast. (laughs) It's like the two outfielders in the outfield, like looking at the ball, Mm -hmm. just waiting to see like, oh, no, he's got it. I'm not going to go. And then, yeah, we both called Jackson. Yeah. (laughs) just looking at each other so it is episode 25 of the hanging banners podcast and in this episode we are now in a new format we feel comfortable in this new format where we have uh, some old familiar segments we've got a brand new segment and we're talking about some of the bigger topics in the sports world ad nauseum Uh, Today, we'll talk a lot about the NFL because there's been a huge shakeup in the draft. Many people probably already know, but we will give our takes on it here. We also today are recording on day one of NFL free agency, which is technically not until Wednesday, but it's today because it's the tampering period and all of these deals are happening, though they're unofficial until Wednesday. The NFL is kind of funny in that way, but it's happening. Deals are being made. Money is being spent. We'll talk about all of that. In addition, Jack, this is your wheelhouse. This is your time of year. It's your one shining moment. March Madness is back. I don't know if we're allowed to say this or not. We don't profit off of this pad- podcast. So we don't have the to say dance. March Mayhem or the, or the dance or whatever. <laughs> we could say March Madness. Uh, we'll talk about that. Jack's Bracketology, what to watch. And we'll close the show off with our new segment starting five. Today, we are drafting fields. I This came to my mind. I won. Uh, the one day poll, by the way, as I uh, kind of up- uploaded our podcast a little bit late, but I won. So today we're drafting fields left open intentionally again. But the reason fields came to mind is with the World Baseball Classic being around. I've been able to see some new fields from all over the world. Um, not so much anymore as most games are now coming stateside to uh, Chase Field in Arizona, but have been able to see some new cool fields around the world. And so that's kind of what brought it to mind. So we'll draft fields later in the show and we'll close things off with hang your banner. So with all that said, let's jump right in and count our wins. I will pause and wait for anybody to pick up the silence. No, no, I'll go. No silence. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ready because my win of the last week is physical media. 
is uh, something that I hadn't super been involved with much. You know, you listen to music, it's online, you watch TV, it's all streaming and everything you read is digital. But we found some uh, some old records in my grandma's house and wanted to take them to a record store. So I went with my sister. And though I've never been a record player owner uh, nor a record user, those places are so cool. Like just walking around and looking at this emporium of different like music history sorted by genre, artist name. You've got like four or five employees buzzing around. They've got DVDs and CDs and stuff too. But I'm like, wow, that was neat. And while they were appraising our records that we were trying to sell, uh, my sister and I like, I oh, will just walk around the area. And we went to a bookstore, which also is a place that I haven't been in a while. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this bookstore is so cool. Like sorted by genre, sorted by title. They've got this little upstairs area and kind of some nooks off to the side, a basement. If you want these things, I'm like, especially in the city of Chicago, they're almost hole in the wall type places at a point where most of their inventory is either above or below where you enter. And I'm like, ah, oh, dude, those places are so cool to walk through. There is a record record shop store in Naperville. That is quite literally a hole in the wall. You have to walk down an alley that you don't think anything is in. And there is a record store behind an old furniture shop or something like that. And it's, it is, it's kind of tucked away and hidden and only the people who know about it know about it. I am a proud record player owner and i i love me some some vinyl records there's something about it just like a little comfort it's cathartic though right like having that physical thing in your hand yeah it's easier to like have everything right here in your in your phone in the palm of your hand but like sometimes it's nice to hold the book sometimes it's nice to like digest a full album the way people used to kind of you know uh pick through and, and line their songs up in a way that, that mattered and uh, you know, curate those things for you. There's something cathartic to that. And there's something real about that. And there's something experiential about that, that you just don't necessarily get otherwise. Honestly, I think it's like the, the feedback that you get, like when you listen to, to a record, like you, you hear the little like audio, like the little imperfections, right? Like the little, like the little clicks, the, you know, this, the smooth, like little, like a sizzle almost like it's, and you hear it like as the vinyl starts to like spin. So I, I love stuff like that. I love going to record stores. Cause like Jack said, I think there's, they're just cool places. All of them. There's never mm-hmm. been like one record store. That's just been like, Oh, this is like super lame. Like they're all, they're all pretty cool. They all yeah. have their own vibe. And you know, they, well, it's kind of like, uh, allow me to make a juxtaposition. It's kind of like a baseball field, right? Like a major oh, league my. baseball stadium where they all have their own like vibe and feel and jive. Listen, I'll bring everything back to baseball because baseball reflects life, but Jack, go ahead. No, I, I was thinking it's, it's a little bit of a pricey hobby and one that I don't think I'd exercise enough because I'm walking around. I'm like these records, man, they're some of them are pretty expensive and even just like used record players. I, I, I am still an album listener and I still have my methods, but it's all through YouTube, Spotify, Pandora at this point. And I'm comfortable with that. But if I'm at a friend's house and they've got a record player or, uh, you know, they've got something that can make it feel a little bit more organic, even some kind of artificial ways to do that. It definitely, uh, Tyler, you're right. There's just something about it that sets a different mood than just listening through earbuds or something. So physical media. Is there still cost control on, like albums or, or is it like kind of like comic books 
where the better albums ever, the more significant albums ever cost more to get on vinyl? Yes. Okay. Uh, yes. So like, I don't know. There's, I, th- I think a good example. Like, I, let's say I wanted to get dark side of the moon on vinyl. I don't, I think those are typically at a resale shop. Those are, I think often cheaper because they're so accessible and highly like printed. Right. Yes and no. Like it, I guess it just depends on demand too. Like I feel like Dark Side of the Moon is going to be one that they ha- that a lot of places have, but mm-hmm. it it'll still be kind of expensive. I I would put it probably forty fifty dollar range. That's like wow. Okay. okay. But like, but then let's say, rec- let's say that like a a new artist drops a brand new album and they release it on vinyl. What would that cost? If it's not like a super popular artist, like just someone who's like, but he's been out there. He's not like crazy popular. I would say it's like $25, Okay. So there's a significant gap. And that's yeah. like the baseline was $25 at this place, which mm-hmm. like was probably, I mean, what? $10 more expensive than getting a compact disc. Yeah. Yeah. Depends on um, yeah. Where it depends yeah, on I mean, listen, this is this is millennial talk about you know physical media. <laughs> we're like, how much were CDs again? Yeah, but no, you know, my my real authentic music listening experience. I think the same thing is for for all of us is like it was buying singles off of the iTunes library for ninety nine cents or a dollar twenty nine whenever they up that price. Like that was my initial real like really dive into music yeah like interesting but it wasn't ex- I, I definitely my parents were like big itunes users but I, I was a cd buyer i liked to like every now and then i would go buy a cd and like if an artist i like had a new album like i'm getting the cd i wasn't getting the itunes album i would just listen to whatever my mom had on and i really didn't understand how music kind of worked for a little bit um and so you know i grew up on healthy spoonfuls of like aerosmith bon jovi 80s hair beautiful, metal stuff like beautiful. that prince even <laughs> and um what happened <laughs> no i still listen to all those things uh, <laughs> i'm teasing, just yeah you know, working country radio so i listen to a lot of country music now but like i remember the first cd that i actually ever was given was green day's american idiot mm-hmm. <laughs> and that Strong. began my music best albums ever exploration uh was was from there and i got a couple m&m cds at like a disc replay when that was still cool and then after that it was like oh i I finally got an ipod nano and i'm gonna buy five songs that i'm gonna listen to repeatedly for a long time and then you know the streaming platforms (laughs) came and such like that but like that was really my my music listening experience from adolescence on so uh, yeah. Fun fact, there is still a disc replay in Crest Hill. Is it still there? Um, it is still there. That's where um, I got them from. I didn't know if it, was, if it was still open. Yeah. So because of music and I go to the there's like a bunch of record stores that are opening around this area in the Chicagoland area. Um, so I, I went into uh, a newer one out in Joliet by the mall and he said that disc replay is like the guy has the back room stocked and he said he doesn't have to get any new stuff and he could probably stay open for like five to six years wow. just by wow. sheer volume of stuff that he has. And I'm he sure that's like garage out. sales and estate, you know, sales and stuff like that. Yeah. Just going out and knowing what to buy and at what price point. And that's, that's awesome. Cool. Just cool stuff that he likes. He said not even like what's in disc replay DVDs and some like collectible video toys. Games. Yeah. Video games. So it's. Do you guys remember your first favorite song? 
Ooh, like the first song that you were like, I'm going to attach this to my personality. Jack, what was it? I think because I think it was my first ever uh, like non automatic ringtone. Right. Is like for first one that I put as my phone ringtone was Ozzy Osbourne's Crazy Train. Really? That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, that, I think uh, that was my ringtone for probably a year or two. And I remember listening to Black Sabbath, Ozzy Osbourne pretty often. What a transcendent song too. mine. Believe it or not, was uh, is it Daniel Powder's Bad, Bad Day? Day. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. Such a horrible song. Oh no. Look back on it and hindsight is 2020. Oh. It is a terrible song. You spent but, a lot of time in like Walgreens and stuff, didn't you? Because yeah. that's where hey, that look, song was. In the background again, making another <laughs> back. this time shirt on. Tell him to take his shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was his first song? What was his first uh, like favorite song? Do you remember what your first favorite song was when you were a kid? Or band. We'll take favorite band. Or band. Favorite band. Or favorite band, yeah. Artist or whoever. Just your favorite band, anything. Artist. Favorite anything. Bob Mold. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. That's kind of a fun pick. Sweet. I don't mind some Bob Mold. Thanks for putting a shirt on this time, Kent. He said thanks for putting a shirt on this time. <laughs> <laughs> He's got beef with you now. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I know he still loves me at the end of the day. <laughs> all yeah, right, Tyler, did you have an answer to that question? Oh, yeah. uh, well, if we're going in the same context of like Jack being his like first ringtone, mine, I like did the old uh, recorded off the speaker in the car. Um, oh, I did replay remember that song like when you were in middle school like, was that Ayaz? Ayaz? yes i yes oh that, that's bad too <laughs> that was bad yeah oh you guys make me feel really good about I, my pick i don't i don't remember like what because i know i had like this ipod nano that i put a bunch of stuff on but i don't remember like what my favorite song was i remember the first song i ever bought and then we have to move on the first song that i ever bought was um Oh God, Drake, Kanye, Eminem are all on it. Oh, forever. Forever. Yeah. 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 That crazy mashup. I remember that being one of the first songs I ever bought. My mom was pissed because they said fuck. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're still counting our wins. I'll go quick here because uh this past weekend was, believe it or not, the first slow pitch softball tournament in northern Illinois. Uh, my team, Elevate. Shout out to the boys. We competed. Didn't do well, but the elements were fucking nuts. It was like 30 degrees. There were uh, there was the first day, an inch of snow on the ground, uh, and people ran around on it so much that it all kind of just disappeared by the time we were ready to play. Then, as we were wrapping up our second game, snow started to fall again. We had to come back the next day, and surprise, surprise, there was an inch of snow on the ground that we had to just play through. They dusted off the baselines. They dusted off the pitcher's mound and the batter's box, and the rest was up for grabs. So it was a weird weekend. Uh, more coming this this next weekend. Um, <clears throat> slow pitch softball season is back. I'm excited for it to be back. And uh, this this is one of like the core elements of my summer is just hanging out with the guys at softball tournaments all weekend and slamming some beers and playing some softball and making mems. And uh, that's the good stuff. So that's my win for the week. It's a big win. That is... Welcome back. You're getting warmed up into your season now. So maybe you'll stop talking about just baseball and more about slow pitch softball. 
Listen, we are doing I'm down. a. I'm down. I want to hear more about slow pitch softball. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can do a deep dive. I can do a deep dive on like the, the fact that like this past weekend, right? So, there are non-money tournaments and money ball tournaments. The money ball tournaments are things that you you want to win because you your your team is going to majorly profit off of it. What we had this past weekend was more or less an exhibition tournament, and so you don't you take them seriously. You want to win, but like you're not following everything to a T. We usually have a uniform rule. If you don't show up in identical uniforms, then you have to be the away team. You cannot be the home team for a given tournament. That's not applied. There's a whole bunch of rules that aren't applied during these non-money ball tournaments. <clears throat> there was a situation where somebody walked, they were going to get an automatic runner and they were like, can he just run down there real quick? Is that cool? The umpire nodded and said, yes, they sent the runner down to first and then the team in the field. And this was kind of the Bush league move that everybody was like rolling their eyes at. And like, this is so stupid. The team in the field appealed the runner at first and they called him out because the original runner never went and touched first base. Even after the umpire was oh. like, yeah, sure, you can you can send your runner down there. That's fine. And then when they appealed it in the field, the same umpire called him out. He had to Got call him. him out, apparently. That's... Oh, man. Yeah. And, and, you know, and this is one of the teams that everybody has issues with because they're all just kind of jag bags and whatever. Playing by but the rules is what sounds like they're doing. They're 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 being a little Bush League and whatever. They ended up losing the game. The team in the field ended up losing the game on a walk off three run homer, uh, which was. Poetic justice. Anyway, I digress. Tyler, your win. Boilers. That's all I got to say. Purdue wins the Big Ten championship for basketball. Exciting weekend to be a Boilermaker. Um, that also makes us uh, one of the only teams in college sports this year to have a team in the Big Ten championship in both football and basketball. Super exciting year. Can't, it's There's no better time to be a boiler right now. Um, got to watch some of the tournament, the Big Ten tournament uh, with my friends, um, some boilermakers themselves. So that was also a very good part of my week. I know. Them boilers are dogs, man. And good news for you is uh, St. Peter's didn't make the tournament this year. Mm, <laughs> I heard Oral Roberts is making a reappearance, might make a reappearance. So, yeah, you would be potentially exciting. face him in the Sweet 16. We'll talk more college basketball coming up in, in literally just a little bit. That's coming around the corner for right now. Let's get to intercepted at the goal line. I am going to smother you guys with more baseball talk because it's the thing that invades my life. But and we're specifically talking about uniforms. The World Baseball Classic is happening right now. And Pool plays going on. Some teams are, it's very similar to the World Cup, which we covered uh, briefly when it was happening in November. Pool play happens and then they split off into an actual bracket if you make it. But some of the jerseys being used right now are just zero effort. And so I bring to the table first, in second to last place for jersey originality, Canada's jersey. <laughs> which used size nine font on the front of their jerseys. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Got to keep uh, it simple sometimes. The logo on the hat. Very cool. I'll take the logo on the hat. That's that's nice, right? Yeah. I, I like a good button up. I like the wishbone The wishbone collar stripes on the sleeve. And I, the, the font, bad. It's <laughs> a little disorienting. Bad, bad. I don't like that it goes over the top of the gut. 
It should probably oh, yeah. be proudly displayed on the chest. Like a breast, this is kind of yeah. like over your diaphragm. Yeah. Not great. Uh, also, not as bad as I know who less Great Britain. <laughs> this is awful. I saw these. This is one of the worst uniforms I've seen in sports. This is it, by the way. There is nothing else to look at on these jerseys. Oh, it is Great Britain stacked on top of each other with no originality in their font. You you could literally put Times New Roman in bold, and you would find this as the jersey. <laughs> The, oh. the logo on the hat is GB, and their flag is represented on the same side of their body on each garment, on the sleeve of their jersey and on the side of their hat. With the unnecessary yellow uh, border, too, with yellow not being part of this color scheme, I think the one thing that would have made this better is uh, I'm trying to think of what it was. Do you guys remember the Cleveland Browns when the three guys were holding up the sign, but the dog pound letters got mixed around. So it was like <laughs> dog pound or something. If they had flipped the end of great and the beginning of Britain, that, that I think is the only thing that could have saved it is if they were like Gerbera Eaton, because they just put that little thought into the sequencing of it. Cause it looks like it's out of order the way it is. <laughs> it does. It looks like GR Brie Eaton. These jerseys are so bad. Uh, we're recording on, on Monday and uh, happening right now. The, is is another game and they're using their red uniforms and they forgot to put the T on great. You'll see that flying around Twitter after the show. It just oh, says no. Gree Britain or Gria Britain. Uh, oh. Very bad. Very bad. So that's intercepted at the goal line for me. What do you guys got? Feel free, Jack. Oh, Right. He's looking uh, up Bria Britain right now. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, those jerseys were such a mess for me. No, my uh, intercepted at the goal line is somebody who, as of the last year or two, I've had no problem saying is really annoying and continues to be annoying. Today, it's Aaron Rodgers again. Oh, you thought it was yeah, maybe I did think it was me. Weeks, I'll throw you in. I can do that. But no, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, I'm so sick of this guy. On top of all the different problems and dilemmas we've had to endure over the last two and a half years coming from the Rodgers. I mean, you can't even say Rodgers camp because a lot of it is just him himself. Uh, today, this back and forth about Rodgers getting traded to the Jets. You've got Trey Wingo and Dove Kleiman saying it's a done deal. You've got Rappaport saying, I have no idea what they're talking about. It's not close to done. Then Trey Schefter Wingo's slides in at the end with the like. Twitter. It's the, uh, oh, you know what? The signs are pointing towards it being done. Then Rodgers is like, he's throwing his stupid answers in the mix. I just, I'm so over Aaron Rodgers. He has had the limelight for too long. And I hope that whatever team takes him next year, he withers and his football skills atrophy and we're done with him by 2025. Yeah. Well said. Wow. Wow. That and was how. Some, some intense hatred. For uh, and he already Rod- was dead at 38 or 37 <laughs> or whatever. He's back to life. <laughs> That's right. I did. I did write him off as dead. I, I will say like Aaron Rodgers very much likes to hear his own voice. We, we all kind of know that. No one I, says. I saw somebody today suggest that Aaron Rodgers is waiting to announce the fact that he is willing to go to New York and that the deal could already be done, but he is waiting for the limelight to be off free agency and in a lull mm. period so that he can have all of the spotlight. Dude, what an exhausting guy. Yeah, right? 
I mean, he used to be one of my favorite players to watch. He yeah. was like, must see TV. I don't care what team you root for. He's the best guy to watch in football. And now you hear about him way too much in season, and then, off season. And, and, and there were times too, where like, I was kind of into the kind of wry humor and sarcasm that he brought to the media at times. But now it's reached a point where I'm like, Hey man, can you just play football? That's enough. <laughs> well, at least we don't have to worry about him saying that he owns Chicago anymore. So mm, maybe we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to be determined at TBD. All right. Uh, moving into mine, Ryan kind of touched on it earlier. Um, the snow was back and it's March. Um, we just did a starting five about spring things. And that wasn't in anyone's list. So, um, you know, big, big shocker when you, when you walked out on Sunday morning and uh, saw your car covered in snow. So we got eight inches in Rockford. Yeah, it was bad on uh, was it Thursday or Friday. That, like it was almost a mini blizzard for a while where I am. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I was on I was at a friend's house and she lives on a horse ranch or she's got a bunch of animals a bunch of chickens and dogs roosters yeah she does have a lot of dogs um and horses but one of the most surreal things was walking out because we stayed up pretty late because i don't get to see these guys that often and walking out at 4 a.m and seeing how dark it is and like the little light with this because of the snow everything's lighter and then seeing it fall down. That was surreal. But then waking up in the morning, I have to scoop off my car. Not surreal. Do not recommend. Yeah, don't put that. Don't, don't put that uh, snow brush away just yet. No. God, I keep that thing on me. He stay strapped, son. You're around. <laughs> You'd never take it out of the car. You never know. Uh, that's true. Yeah. What happens if like, I don't know. What, what else would you have to brush off your car? No, I just never take it out because I know I'm going to forget to put it back in. I did see in China, and I didn't read the actual story. I just took what I saw at face value. That's how you consume media, ladies and gentlemen, that worms were falling out of the sky in China. So maybe huh? uh, that's something that you would have to wipe off your car. I love when I say something obscure and you can immediately tell that Jack is going to the Google machine. <laughs> I, I did see Worms that. falling from sky. All right, keep going. I'll, 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 let me read up on this, and I'll, I'll jump well, back in when it's time. The next part of the show is the next part of the show is jumping into sports talks. I will wait for you to uh, do the the Big J journalism that this show is known for <laughs> before before jumping into our next thing. Oh, I'm seeing that uh, they weren't actually animals; they're poplar flowers that bloom and resemble caterpillars. So it was just oh. like the trees dropping these. Uh, seed type things that resemble worms or caterpillars which is a, a sigh of relief even though i'm on the other side of the world i, I don't think i'm prepared for <laughs> caterpillars raining from the sky in my life they have murder hornets and caterpillar rain <laughs> we have acid rain um all right time to jump into the old sports talk game here uh we're gonna start with probably the biggest week of the news uh, biggest week, biggest news of the week. Yeah, fucking words. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, you got this. You're killing it. 
which was the Chicago Bears trading the number one pick in this year's NFL draft to Carolina for a haul, right? Like we all expected. Again, we talked about this uh, maybe two episodes ago, what the package could be. And this is about as big as I thought it would be in real life. Maybe an additional first, but uh, what you ended up getting, if you're Chicago, is a pick swap this year from nine, uh, from one to nine. You also pick up pick number 61 in this year's draft. You get a first round pick in next year's draft, a second round pick in the 2025 draft, and DJ Moore. So two firsts, two seconds, and your number one wide receiver for Justin Fields for next season. That sounds like a, a a deal, a like instant hit the button. We're good. We'll take that one. And I know the firsts are the obviously most coveted assets, especially if you think that they've got a chance to be high. First one we know is 1.9. Um, but I, I like that they got DJ Moore, who's a tangible good, like already a known talent, still pretty young. And I think that's important because if you just get a bevy of picks for the future, you then also are responsible to converting all of those picks into actual value, which is the concern when you trade out of number one is you can get a really good player at number one, but even partway through the first round, all of a sudden you've got question marks. And this is a team that totally could have sat back and said between Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool, we might be good enough at every other spot to stay afloat with them at wide receiver, but getting a guy who has pretty light alpha potential uh, I think was the biggest part of this trade in my mind. Cause you knew the picks were coming, but DJ Moore's a big ad. Yeah. I, I mean, who else were you going to get at wide receiver, right? In a position like this, we've seen the mold, so to speak is trade for a wide receiver. We've seen uh, the dolphins do it uh, twice. We've, I think that the Bengals had something to do with trading back in their draft to pick up Jamar Chase, or maybe they didn't. But like, regardless, this is kind of the mold is you get your quarterback, you get him a number one wide receiver, you see what you have. And the way that the Bears made themselves, uh, the way that they set themselves up in the 2024 draft, if they don't like what Justin Fields turns into after this season, they have the capital to go up next year and get Spencer May or get uh, uh, Caleb Williams from USC or they might just be in a position where they already have the number one pick because Carolina could be absolutely atrocious next year. Yeah. All of that's on the table. Tyler, did you just join from another device? <laughs> oh, oh, this is uh, what a beautiful moment we're witnessing here. <laughs> Definitely a podcast. I on the same exact to <laughs> They're multiplying. Have you ever played musical chairs with yourself? <laughs> uh, I love the just this podcast, man. This podcast, this league, this league. The amount of grit this podcast has is unreal. So, Tyler, your thoughts on on the Bears trade from number one is is I, I think on the probably in the same place that I am. But like, what am I not getting here from maybe a football perspective? Um, I think I think the there's like some more sneaky value in DJ Moore, right? Like people were talking about, oh, like he should take like three first round picks. Well, technically, DJ Moore is a first round pick. And then going with what Jack was saying, like he's already proven he's the best receiver. He was the best receiver on the Panthers by far. He's done way more than expected to as you know, in his first couple of years in the league. So I think there's like a lot of hidden value in that. 
Um, in the way I heard, um, you know, Brian Poles and uh, Iberflus were did an interview with uh, Pardon My Take, and I, I listened to that. Uh, and you know, they were mentioning a, uh, something about Chase Claypool and how he came in mid season. And so his production that he put out, you know, with his time with Chicago last season um, wasn't quite there. You know, it was definitely missing something. It wasn't, you know, anything special. Um, But think about like how much football he missed with with that team. Right. Being in that offense, you know, having the relationship with Justin. I think you put, you know, the wide receiver room in such a good place with this with this trade, because now you have Chase Claypool, who's going to have that chemistry with Justin Fields, uh, you know, after all this offseason work and going into in the camp, you bring in DJ Moore, who's I'm sure is going to click right away with Justin and, you know, seeing how electric that he is as a player um, compared to what he was working with and still, you know, doing pretty well. And then he's, um, Mooney, you know, him in there. I mean, he's already been a proven receiver in the Bears organization. So I I think you've just created a three headed monster without the need for, you know, going out and getting that huge name that everyone said we needed to. And what the reality of that then becomes is if there are question marks on Justin Fields, this is why I liked the Claypool trade last year. Why I liked them getting DJ more now is you can say, we gave you pieces to play with. If you can't succeed now, if they can shore up their offensive line a little bit more, then you really are like, okay, there's nothing that should be holding Justin Fields back because we do still need to see, hopefully him start to decrease the number of sacks he's taking and the turnovers and stuff. But those have been maybe symptoms of the problem, which is that they don't have just enough skill on offense. That isn't the issue anymore. And so you have created a finite set of outcomes for yourself which is not something Chicago has really been able to do for seven or eight years. It feels like we've had a few different bumps of this team's good, but are they really good? And there's always some little correlational thing where you can't prove why they weren't doing well. When you look at roster construction of this team and exactly the way that Tyler brought it up and going through each one of their like big three receivers, DJ Moore is not going to blow you away with his size and strength. He's six foot two ten, and he's not a super strong guy, but he is a precision route runner with great hands and the ability to make contested catches. He has been compared to, if you're looking for like another NFL comp, he's a, a variation of Terry McLaurin is the comp that is, that has been kind of put out there. But when you look at what you have in chase Claypool, that guy makes up for the size and strength that DJ Moore doesn't have. He's your X wide receiver. Who's going to be out on the boundary, making those tough catches going over the top of, of DBs. He's going to be your nine route guy, right? And you've got a very, very capable slot receiver in Darnell Mooney, who has been forced to play on the outside the past three years of his career, who can now, go do those type of things in certain packages, right? Like he's designed to be inside. He's 5'10", 5'11", more slimmer build. He is supposed to be inside, but given how he has had to play the past couple of years, he now has a new set of skills. So the, the makeup of the bears wide receiver room, I think is very good. Still needs some pieces. I don't know that it cracks top 10 of wide receiver rooms in the NFL yet, but it's a significant improvement from equanimous St. Brown. (laughs) Darnell Mooney 
and Dante Pettis. Like that, <laughs> that puts Who? you somewhere. Who? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and again, too, Cole Komet took huge strides in the final fourth of last year, too. So can he kind of evolve and be that U tight end that they thought he could be when they drafted him? Obviously, that was the previous tenure, but uh, things are looking up for the Chicago Bears, and they have set themselves up in a significant situation to be successful for years to come. Um, to continue this conversation, I feel like it's important to add in today is the beginning of NFL free agency and the continued build of this roster uh, is happening as we speak. We, we've seen some major acquisitions by the Bears, and I, I, I don't think that this entire segment should be dedicated to combing through each know uh, uh move and 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 how the roster is being built but like we're already here so we might as well at least have a brief conversation they have added one of the best coverage linebackers in all of football and tremaine Edmonds at the tender age of 24 years old it's the largest four-year contract for an inside linebacker in nfl history 72 million dollars over four years for tremaine Edmonds to kind of lead this team they've also added uh edwards is it is it dj edwards from uh philly who wore the green dot he he was their uh signal caller on the defense they're making moves on the defense as well as adding serious talent on the offense and so i think the bears are kind of headed in that right direction yeah and i think it's you look especially positionally tj edwards and uh tj edwards Edmonds, thank you yeah we're, we're both both seen as probably somewhere in the like top 20 free agents available. And both are fairly young. I think uh, Edwards, the older, the two is what, 26, 27, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. And Edmonds is 24 or five. So you've got guys that they're impact signings, but also could be with the team for a while. Like you're, you're looking at decent length contract, but also potential for multiple contracts, depending on what the team looks like, if they fit the scheme well, if they perform well, um, that maybe weren't the biggest free agent moves, but you're right. These are the kind of the bears don't need to go get every top free agent signing. You got to get the guys who fit your team and they're doing that. I definitely expect them to make a splash sometime soon. I think they're going to go for an offensive lineman or they did they uh signed a guard didn't they nate um, davis nate, nate davis, davis yeah. from the titans mm-hmm. um so they're they're going to make changes to their o-line and i think not spending on the receiver the older receiver with an unproven quarterback you could say um you know you can kind of build up that o-line with this free agency money build up the defense because you need key pieces key pieces on both the O-line and a majority of the defense. Who was, uh, I feel like I had seen somewhere just on the topic of receiver. I I could be wrong. I thought I saw rumors that maybe the bears were looking at getting McCall Hardman. Um, which there were rumors, uh, prior prior to the tampering period and prior to the trade, um, Mikol Hardman and, and had been, beckoning to Justin Fields that they could uh, team up and relive their days together on Georgia's roster before Justin Fields ended up in Ohio state. Um, no, it's, you know, it's me. It, it was really just me Cole Hardman drumming up the, uh, the rumor mill on that one. I, I don't think that that necessarily fits what they want to do. Uh, they already took the risk on Byron Pringle. That did not work out for the bears last year. Uh, if they want to roll the dice on another Kansas City wide receiver, they could. The connection's there, right? Ryan Poles right. came from the Kansas City front office. I mean, the exactly. connection is there. Um, 
regardless, I think it's interesting to start with the Bears, too, as we kind of talk about NFL free agency, because so much of what's going to happen goes through Chicago, because uh, uh, talking about rumors, Jack, one of the one of the big things that I've seen all day from multiple accounts is that Ryan Poles has been the most active general manager. The Bears have been the most active front office here on day one of NFL's free agency period uh, in on, on maybe everybody so far. Right. We've seen some major tackles come off the board. We've seen some major guards come off the board, major uh, defensive linemen come off the board already, too. What we're starting to see is that. The Bears have a lot of money to spend, but they're not going to throw it in the air like confetti and spend it just to spend it. We've seen uh, Jawan Taylor, who was with Jacksonville, is now going to go to Kansas City, gets a, a four or five year deal worth 80 million. 60 of it is guaranteed money. That is a gigantic contract. Uh, you know, other 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 deals include um, Mike McGlinchey who has a, a great track record of pass or run blocking, but a not so great track record of pass blocking, getting a deal as a right tackle worth $50 million guaranteed and 82 million overall. Like they are like market setting deals. Ryan Poles might be in a position to spend money, but he's not going to reset the market for just any Joe Schmo. Yeah, I think that McGlinchey one, you know, a lot of people have been saying that that is significantly overpaid, especially if you think about Andrew Wiley, uh, tackle for the Chiefs, who just signed a three-year $24 million deal with the Washington Commanders. Um, and, man, he played well this season. Like, he mm -hmm. put on a clinic in the Super Bowl. And you, you have a guy like Mike McGlinchey, who, yes, has been a staple in the league for a while, has had some ups and downs. Um, I think he's a very solid player overall, but, um, you know, for that kind of money, for that length of time, as someone who's getting older, getting up there in age, it's very questionable as to why you, they, they made such a generous commitment and uh, uh, that length as well. And it's the team positioning too, right? Like, what did we see out of the Broncos last year? that made you think, you know what, you need to go get the third or fourth best offensive lineman on the market. You need a long-term expensive deal, right? Like some of these teams are, are rebuilding and, and it makes sense to go for guys that are in their mid twenties that you can get a, a little bit of a premium, but McGlinchey's 28. So they're going to have until he's 33. And I feel like within the next five years, the Broncos are going to have a reset moment, which means they probably aren't having a super high up moment. Um, and, and I think that, where teams were and where they're going is also something we're going to have to keep an eye on throughout free agency because you had a few teams uh, like the Eagles and the Bengals that have lost key defensive players. Significant. Where defense was a big part of why they respectively went so far in the playoffs. And don't, don't exclude your Saints from this either. Well, the difference was the, the Saints didn't quite have the same level of success as the Eagles and Bengals. I'm talking no, of like course, of Jesse course. Bates, I think, is actually – one of, I think he's a candidate for best safety in the NFL. I think he's one of them. He's risen up quickly in the last couple of years. And that's not the kind of guy you want to walk away. But at a certain point, you've got to look and say, you know, how much money can we give? So Atlanta going and getting four years, 64 million to Jesse Bates. That's the Falcons way of saying, all right, we're trying to make some moves. And Cincinnati then has to cobble together and hope they can find another safety on the carousel.
Well, and Cincinnati is in a situation right now where they are prepping for the biggest quarterback contract in NFL history and also maybe the biggest wide receiver contract in NFL history. You can't separate Burrow and Chase after their rookie contracts are up. So like spending money on a safety, is that important when this is a relatively deep safety class coming up and you can fix your needs pretty quick in the end of the first round or at the end of the second round with either one of their draft picks coming up. Like, does it stink to lose Von Bell and Jesse Bates in the same off season? Carolina. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it definitely stinks, but like there's ways to fix that this year. And so you cut your losses and kind of move on. And that's the same situation, right? Of course, lesser levels of success last year but also like this is a very deep d-line draft they're short mm-hmm. on cash and this is this is a way that you kind of rebuild that thing right no and they went and they made their move of going and getting Derek carr in this you know off season so it, it, there's the give and take right it's like everybody wants their teams to get all these better new players but you either have to find the money or make the roster space so that the depth charts line up and uh that's one where I think give it a week or two and we'll look back and be able to see what teams have really taken a for sure step forwards or backwards. But the Bears are, are one of the teams where we could tell which direction they're headed. And, and it's very positive at the moment. There are still so many dominoes to fall in the free agency period. We are not even 24 hours in yet. And we've still yet to see people like Orlando Brown and Dalton Schultz, Caleb uh, McGarry, uh, you know, all these big name guys, Chauncey Gardner Johnson is still available on the free agency market as well. Like Bradbury also at Eagles defensive back is out there. Right. Right. I mean, this is, this is excluding Draymond Jones. Who's out there is probably still the top defensive tackle uh, free agent available. There's still so many dominoes to fall, but, But before we move on to March Madness conversations, I do want to bring up uh, the Las Vegas Raiders and their decision making processes, because earlier today they signed Jimmy Garoppolo to, I think, a three year contract worth a pretty good lump sum of money and also available on the free agent market, though it is a restricted free agency, is Lamar Jackson. Now, I get it. There's a tie between uh, McDaniels and uh, uh, Garoppolo Garoppolo from their time in New England together. I I understand the connection and I get maybe he even fits the scheme a little bit better of what Las Vegas is trying to do, though. You have a deep field, deep like down the field threat and Devontae Adams and Garoppolo struggles to throw it farther than 15 yards. But like you've got, Lamar Jackson, MVP winning quarterback, proven guy, and Jimmy Garoppolo, who has had a couple of good years, but for the majority of the time has been a glorified backup. And you choose Jimmy Garoppolo in this situation and sink a ton of money into him. I don't quite think that it's the Mike Glennon experience, but it is maybe a level or two above it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it, it's the, you, you can't, go always get the top guy they settled maybe a little early but also i think that's part of the ravens case against lamar jackson is he's such a transformational quarterback on offense that there are probably teams and coaches that just don't want to have their team built that way like from a roster comp perspective and uh so i i don't think it was crazy for the raiders to do this because also 
do they feel like they're on the cusp? Do they think that will they be able to keep Lamar for long enough and Adams happy long enough? Because he probably isn't super thrilled that he went from <laughs> Rogers to Carr to now Garoppolo. So did you see? Did you see the the the, the cryptic tweet that uh, Devontae <laughs> Adams put out? Yeah, uh, Devontae Adams uh, put on his Instagram story. If we haven't talked in the last three weeks, don't hit me up about this shit. Thanks. Right. So it's like the, the Raiders have been a troubled team the last couple of years for off field, on field teams, uh, players on the roster. I, I think that I could see them tr- taking just a very mediocre approach rather than going for a big swing that probably ends in a strikeout. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to think about how much that that cap is going to be impacted by Lamar, right? Like he wants almost all of his contract guaranteed as well. Like can can you have that? Do you have that just available for him? Um, especially with the style of offense that they have, I think they they like that style. Um, does Lamar fit that for for the money that he's worth? I don't know. Let it be clear. Every NFL team has money for Lamar Jackson. They should. Everybody does. Even the small market teams. Like, even if you want to cry like, oh, Baltimore's small market. This is a market shared league. Everybody has money for Lamar Jackson. Uh, but again, Jack, I think it comes back to your point of roster comp. Do you have a roster that would be sufficient for Lamar Jackson and his running style and his ability to kind of get out of the pocket and throw on the run and stuff like that. Maybe not everybody has that. Maybe not everybody feels comfortable with that, you know, but I think inevitably Lamar ends up back with the Ravens um, on a deal that he loves or that he hates. This is kind of the thing that you run into when you're your own representative is that sometimes you just aren't a great negotiator. <laughs> and there are people who get paid to be great negotiators Um so it's uh, just something I wanted to bring up because I, uh, you know, I think that there's going to be a lot of conversation of it in you know, sports media as we move through this next week about the, the Raiders choosing Garoppolo over at least trying to explore what might happen if you go after a restricted Lamar Jackson and roll the dice at the end of the day, you're the Raiders in a stacked division that has the Kansas city chiefs and Patrick Mahomes for the next 15 years. It's like what? His Twelve years? What, another like seven years, six years? He signed a ten-year deal, didn't he? Regardless, like I don't think I don't think Patrick Mahomes ever leaves the city of Kansas City, right? You have to try something, <laughs> and you choose to try Garoppolo. You know, in the height yeah, of the Mahomes era, he's but in the height in the height of the Mahomes era, this is your best attempt. That is what I would would make me mad if I were a Raider fan. Is like. There is a clearly better option out there. We could have tried harder to get Aaron Rodgers, and that probably would have been a better decision than going after Jimmy Garoppolo and giving him a bunch of guaranteed money. But I digress because, Jack, it is March Madness season. That means it's Mm -hmm. wheelhouse season for you. And, you know, typically I we're all hosts of this show, but I try to drive the show for all of us. It's your turn to drive as we head into March Madness conversation and Jack's bracketology and what we should be watching. And so, sir, I I ceremoniously hand the keys over to you. Oh, how was I supposed to like also mime grab it? Sorry. Yeah, yeah catch them as I well, gave got it. it. You. I don't know. Yeah. All right, start um, the car. I uh no, I think when you say wheelhouse season, like yes, I I watched a lot of college basketball, not as much this year. I I do 
track it, follow it pretty aggressively throughout the season. Um, but the best part of March Madness is that it's everybody's wheelhouse because what you get to do is you have to just pick a series of games in a very simple bracket and everybody feels more confident in their picks than everybody else's. So even though it's my wheelhouse, everyone should feel like it's their wheelhouse by the time things start Thursday morning. Uh, I, I thought that just to start off, the selection show was fine. Like the actual production was not as good as it has always been, but I, I didn't have too many issues with the teams that made the bracket. I know there was a lot of Rutgers should have made it instead of Nevada or instead of uh, NC state was another bubble team, but otherwise I, I wasn't too upset with the way that they handled the bubble this year. And I think that this is kind of a fun March madness year because there isn't one true alpha team, right? There's no, Oh, who can beat, this team it's kind of a class of teams and it's almost the top 10 8 to 10 like there's a lot of teams i made a list of teams that i think could reasonably be the champion and let's see i've got 13 teams that i could see cutting it down at the end so there should be a lot of variety in everyone's respective bracket pools now, uh, Tyler, I see you raise your eyebrows when he says there's no real like supernova team that's going to take over this tournament. Who can beat them? Boilers. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do raise a good point. They are the like worst trained. of the one seeds. <laughs> they are the uh, they beat the ten seeded Penn State in the Big Ten championship by two points after almost blowing a lead. There's nothing to be worried about with hey, Purdue. They're just a bunch of gritty guys. <laughs> people ask what a boilermaker is. It's a freaking blue collar worker who works on a train. That's what they are. Just a bunch of blue collar guys. Mark, this is the third time Tyler has used the word grit. This episode. <laughs> our, our podcast <laughs> is gritty. The uh, <laughs> Purdue men's basketball team is gritty. Oh my God. He's literally gritting on the podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Oh, literally. <laughs> All of our TikTok users will understand that one. Uh, if you guys don't, you, you just don't. It's fine. <laughs> so you have 13 teams listed as possible national champions at the end of this bracket. But I ask you now to list maybe your top five and mm -hmm. uh, a brief reason why this, this team is going to go farther than anybody else. So I do think that the four one seeds are probably the four best teams. So in order, that's Alabama who ended the year as the number one team in the country they are the number one overall seed. They have a very easy path to the Sweet 16. Uh, it could be tough getting to the Final Four, but they, they have a good case. It's either them or the next team, Houston, that I think is the best team in the country. Uh, Houston plays in a little bit of a weaker conference in the American Conference, but they were number one for quite a while. Uh, they do have one of their best players, Marcus Sasser, is injured with a groin injury. So they can get through the first couple rounds without him, but he probably needs to heal up by next weekend if they want to make a deep run. Uh, Kansas is the most been their team of the one seeds, and they were very close. They, they were Big 12 regular season champs, lost to Texas in the championship game. Uh, but I think between Jalen Wilson, Grady Dick, they've got a lot of like they've got players who have experience in. Oh, yeah. Fun last name. Right. <laughs> um, I, I think that they've got uh one team that they have to beat in their Sweet 16 area, UConn, that would make me a little nervous. But they've got a pretty clear path. And then Purdue, um, I, I think far and away, was the best team in the Big Ten, which is seen as one of the best teams or best conferences in Division One basketball. So they have to be contenders. And they're in what I think is the weakest 
section. I think that the East should be the easiest to get through. So I'm probably going to have Purdue in the final four on most of my renditions of bracketing. So those are all the number one seeds. You give great reasons for all of them. If there was a team listed as a non number one that you would say this team, this team is an outsider shot at winning the whole thing. Who is it? If we're going outside shot, I'll go a little bit further down the list. I think that in the West region, there's an opening because I don't buy UCLA as the two as being a, an extremely strong two. Their resume is good, but I don't think the team is as good. They just have a lot of veterans and senior stuff. And so if Kansas were to go down, you've got three Gonzaga and four UConn, both in that region. And those are teams that Ken Palm has in like the top six or seven in basketball. So they're a little underseeded on true quality. Uh, that that I think is the West is the most likely to send a team to the final four. That is not the number one seed, not because their one seeds bad, but because they just kind of have a, a stacked setup. And I think UConn is the most talented team in the big East, even though Marquette was higher uh, seeded, got the higher seed here, won the big East championship. So I, I think UConn and Gonzaga should be in more people's final fours than their seed line indicates. This is the final year for drew Timmy, right? This is I believe Drew Timmy's last year. And the fact yeah. that he is still playing college basketball is kind of crazy. Shout out COVID years. But I'm like, <laughs> he's I feel like I've teenagers. been watching him play college basketball since I was in high school. Yep. That's how uh, Gonzaga goes. <laughs> Jack, if you could pick, what is your favorite upset in this bracket? Or do you have one? Is there a team that is going to jump out and really shock, shock the world and ruin everyone's brackets? Oh, okay. So, I'll start off. The easiest upset pick is Utah State to beat Missouri. That's 10 over 7. A lot of people are going to pick that. Utah State is actually favored in that matchup, so I'm not counting it as an upset. But if you want to dig deep and you just want to play into a fun narrative, a big spoiler would be Kennesaw State beating Xavier. You've been so high on Kennesaw State. I picked them to win the Atlantic Sun. They did. They beat Liberty. They beat Liberty three times this year. And we've heard of Liberty because they've played 12 seed spoiler, 13 seed spoiler in the past. They've been a decent team. This is the first NCAA tournament appearance for Kennesaw State. They did get my hang in a banner the other week. Um, I, I think that you've got guys who are there. They're there with nothing to lose. They were a team that had one win a few years ago. This school has never had a March Madness game and they have a really good defense. And Tyler suffocating loves defense Liberty, by the way. I do not love Liberty. <laughs> well, what, what do you have against Liberty? I don't have anything against them. I just, I played them before. Uh, Malik Willis decided to come oh. to Western Kentucky and blow us out of the water. It was cool I, of them. Um, I think also, I was for that game. I forgot about the Malik Willis. Also, also uh, the president is a cuck. So, you got that. <laughs> Did you not? There's a whole documentary on this. I highly recommend it. It was very good uh, on Hulu. Oh, that was a literal statement. What a large claim. Wow. It's not a claim. It is. It is backed. It's like a thing. What's the name of the documentary? I could tell you what it's called. Give me a sec. Life, Liberty and the Pursuit of Cuckold. No, it's God. It's called. Yes, it's called God Forbid, a sex scandal that brought down a dynasty. Oh, I've heard of this. That was about the president of Liberty. I don't yes. think I realized and his that. wife. I, yeah. I heard wow. It is. I, I recommend it. It was a very good watch. Uh, very solid documentary, too. Um, yeah, very good. I mean, crazy. 
Dang. Oh, I recognize that name. I didn't realize that was the Liberty president. Yeah, well, they didn't go dancing. And uh, maybe it's because of this Fallwell guy. Maybe you should have <laughs> had a cleaner act. <laughs> um, one name that I see in here, or that I don't see in here this year for the the men's bracket is uh, no St. Bonaventure, which always makes me mad when there's no oh, St. Bonaventure because I miss... St. Bona. Uh, it's a year where we don't get to see the meme of the dude with the ridiculously large shorts. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, those, you know what? Those memes will still come in, right? I feel like some of these perennial college basketball things, like we don't have Villanova this year, but you're going to see the flute girl in tweets, right? You're going to see the, the flautist from Villanova. Like, they're in the NIT, but we're still going to see it come up. So maybe we'll get bonus shorts guy. My, 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 my favorite clip that comes up every time this year is uh, I forget where the, the guy played, but they ask him, what are you going to miss most from, from your time playing basketball? And he says, man, he hangs his head for a second. And he comes back up. He says, probably eating food, <laughs> 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 which is a silly answer, but like, I get like the general like camaraderie that you have with yeah, your friends and your guys of like stuff. going to get food and just making the memories. Like, like I totally get that, but it is just a funny moment to just be like, <laughs> Probably just getting food. Bro, Tyler, can you attest to that? Yes. If I could, that's one of the things that I miss most actually is like just being around my friends and being able to eat with them and like just do dumb shit with them. Like that's probably one of the big things for me that I miss about football, just being around guy, the guys and hanging out and guys just being, being dudes, just being dudes. Like you don't, you, I don't get to do that anymore. I was able to do that this weekend and it was like the best. It was like the highlight of my 2023. So it's still early. So that's good. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of room to, to go up, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Tyler asks about potential upsets. I ask about your pick for Cinderella. Oh, okay. So we're, we're talking then we'll be specific. That's going to be a team that is seated 12 or lower that I think will go the farthest in the tournament. I think is how Cinderella should be defined. And it's tough because I love the 12s, the 13s, the 14s, the 15s. This might be one of the highest quality low major showings we've ever had. And so a lot of them are, if they can get past that first matchup, they can probably get past the second one too. Yeah, I mean, you look like Providence and Kentucky looks like uh, like a good matchup. If you're looking, uh, what is this, the West over here or the East? Providence and Kentucky, or Oral Roberts and Duke sounds fun. Yeah, I think, I think the team I'll go with, and, and this is tough because I don't want to sound like a hypocrite, but it, opinions change so fast when you look at the bracket nonstop all day. I'm going to go with Kent State right now. Uh, they play Indiana in the first round. Uh, Indiana is a four. I'm, I'm not concerned about how good they are. I'm concerned about how many games they can string together. And so I feel like Indiana is good enough that they could make a deep run. But Kent State uh, beat Toledo in a high-scoring game. Their offense is just nuts. Uh, the MAC wasn't great. But I think if they can get past Indiana, they're either getting a weaker Drake team than we've seen in the past or Miami, Florida, who I loved coming into the month of March, but they've fallen off a bit lately, and uh, one of their top players is injured. I'm struggling to remember his name at the moment. Norchad Omir uh, is injured, might not play for Miami. So I I could see a Kent State Sweet 16 appearance. I'll lock that one in now, I guess. That's my pick. Works for me. Perfect. Fuck IU. 
<laughs> oh, uh, that's right. The IU Purdue rivalry. The finest establishment in terms of education in the great state of Indiana is located in West Lafayette. Boiler up, baby. Hammer down. Uh, Jack, as we uh, kind of transition now out of uh, March Madness talk, there's going to be a bevy of games on this weekend. The round of 64 and the round of 32 will complete by the time that we get to Sunday. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are we watching? What should we be watching, at least in the round of 64, when we know what we can watch? So the first step is to find either other people or a space in your house where you can set up multiple viewing monitors because one is not going to do the trick. But if that's the case, that you only have one, you could do a TV computer, but you don't really want to, or maybe you've got to plug one thing into another. If you can only watch one game at a time, I have gone through and picked what I think the most exciting watch of each time block is. So I'll run through those quick. Uh, The early slate on Thursday. So these are the games starting between 11 and one i think all of them tip off uh the most watchable is utah state versus mizzou will be on tnt uh utah state aggies were 18 and ken palm rankings mizzou's got an awesome four-year senior in kobe brown and between these two teams they are going to shoot a ridiculous amount of threes and both of them are top 40 in the country at making three-pointers so this is high scoring game uh way under utah state at 10 i think this might be one of the best this might be the best game of the round of 64 uh, you move to, I'll call it time block B. So that's your early afternoon games before the midday break. Uh, I like Charleston versus San Diego State, which actually takes place also in that same region where we look in the South region. Charleston was 31 and three this year, which is kind of wild. Also gave North Carolina a run for their money when we thought North Carolina was actually going to be good. Uh, they have five players all averaging at least 10 points a game. And then they played just really fast basketball. San Diego State, I don't know. If you're a casual college basketball watcher, you might be kind of sick of seeing them play over the last decade. They they, they used to be really good. Now they're still pretty good. But um, I'm hoping for a Charleston victory. But San Diego State, I mean, they're also a, a pretty elite team. So that's a fun one. Uh, what do we got? Time block C, the early night games. I, I hate don't don't hold this against me, but I'm going to put Oral Roberts Duke and I would never tell people like you should watch more Duke basketball. I feel like <laughs> they're, they're a plight on the sports world. They've got to be one of the most hated teams in any sport. But Oral Roberts is so cool. They beat like everyone in the Summit League by so much. Max Acemas is going to have the most tournament experience out of anybody in this game. So I'm just hoping that you either see Duke really run through and it's like oh they could be an awesome fun team for the rest of the tournament or we get the oral roberts continued destroying people in the tournament so that that's got high watchability for sure um and then to close out thursday the late night games ucla unc Asheville. you've got a lot of key players on ucla who have been on their good teams in the last couple of years but the big name here is one of the most exciting players to watch in the tournament, and it'll probably only be for one game. Drew Pember at UNC Asheville uh, is one of the best players in the country, averages over 21 points per game, averages just under 10 rebounds per game, uh, and was very important in UNC Asheville's conference tournament run. So a uh, fun player. That might not actually be the best game. It could be a blowout, but it's one of those part of the fun of March Madness is getting to see guys that you might not see again for a while, if ever. And Drew Pember fits that category. So then there's four games on Thursday. I could go into Friday if you guys want, but that, that should be enough to uh, get people excited for the weekend. Right. Wet people's whistles. Yeah. Right. The only, yeah, I mean, 
I'll mention one more in the Friday late slate because I think it's my favorite game of the first round. Uh, it's Florida Atlantic versus Memphis. That's a nine versus an eight. And it's going to hurt me to watch because I really did not want these teams to play against each other because they're both super fun. And I think it's a crime to make awesome mid-major teams play each other in the first round when stupid like Maryland or Illinois or some boring Big Ten school is going to sneak by. And it's like, why couldn't we have had Memphis knock one of them off? Uh, But that should be a really cool game. Illinois poverty basketball program. Dude, the fall off is nuts. I, I if you asked me three weeks ago, I would say Illinois might be the second best team in the Big Ten. And now I'm like, if we played another week of basketball, they might not have made March Madness. Like things are <laughs> falling apart so quickly. Just oh. remember, Io DeSumo was the glue guy for that entire <laughs> uh, program out there in uh, in Champagne. So, all right, all that's coming your way this weekend with uh, March Madness kicking off on Thursday morning, really. Uh, moving all the way through Sunday afternoon. It's going to be a jam-packed weekend. I will not hear from Jack Coachman at all this weekend. Or uh, you might hear too much from me. <laughs> should we do like a little bracket competition between the three of us? for a punishment I had, I had oh, an idea that. that we could even do. I had an idea that we could even, once we're done recording episode 25, do a, uh, a hanging banner special just for Jack, where we, we create a podcast bracket together. Yeah. I, if we have I, the time. I, 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 please. I have the time. If we're talking <laughs> about brackets, I promise you I have the time. I went through, I mean, the lists I've got on my computer, you wouldn't even believe. They're not even going to help me. And every year, you know what I do? I'll host a bracket pool of 25 people. I'm going to finish in like 17th or something, but not for not having put in 50 hours of research. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll do that following the podcast. So be on the lookout for that. If you're listening to this, whenever we'll have our own bracket uh, episode live for you and uh coming your way in well whenever you click on it i guess you know this isn't a live show this is a recorded show people uh but with that we'll wrap up our talk with march madness for now and we'll move into starting five so last week we introduced this segment it's our draft style segment where we're only touching on the most important topics out there last week we talked about spring things and we drafted anything spring it could be related to the season it could have the word spring in it regardless uh spring things were drafted and the people have spoken and i won that draft you know if we had a draft of just things in the world i would probably not draft the people because they're over one in decision making so far <laughs> definitely the most disappointing part of draft season is their inability to identify a good roster comp so in some way, shape, or form, we have to come up with a decent punishment for whoever finishes in last once we uh, uh, put starting five on the shelf come next football season. We need to find a way to figure out what we're doing to that person uh, who comes in dead last for being the worst drafter on the podcast. But uh, being that I won, I get to choose the topic for today, and we are drafting fields. And as I said at the top of the show, the reason this came to mind is because the World Baseball Classic is on. We're able to see a, a bunch of cool fields all over the world. And so uh, that came to my mind when I had to make the decision about an hour before we started recording. Oh, I'm just realizing I didn't even think of any like arenas 
Because the whole time, I when you said Fields, I thought you meant like Justin Fields. So I'm like, oh, he's just thinking stupid bear stuff. Like we're trying to, th- dude. Oh my gosh, I actually I might already just lose this week. <laughs> Get to I was kind of thinking the same thing. Oh no, not another Ryan week. <laughs> <laughs> this is my uh, Walter White in a crawl space moment where I'm just laughing maniacally. <laughs> Wait, so how do we do? Uh, uh, how are we doing draft order? Is it do we go last to first snake from poll results? Do we just shuffle it again? What are you thinking? You know what? I don't have a great answer for that. So what I was thinking to decide uh, second and third is a good old fashioned coin toss. Okay. So you are confirmed going first. Yeah, I won. Winner's honor. Mm. More honor. <laughs> All right. On one poll. On one poll, you won. Let's. All right. All right. Uh, we Tyler, have to come up with a better way. To, yeah, we do. I mean, we do. Tyler, consolidate the results. We need to put the poll up earlier than the day of recording. Yes, that's also a very good thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a me thing. Hand up. That's on me. I um, voted. Good. I did too. Uh, and I voted for myself. Uh, Tyler, because you put the graphic together, this is this is your payment. You get to call it in the air. Ready? Oh, wow. Okay. Here we go. Tails. <laughs> kind of in the air. It is It is tails. Nice. It is, it is tails. So, Tyler, uh, you will go second. Jack, you get third and the snake. Okay. Third and the snake. Let's see. Yeah, so you'll get the, the wraparound. And so, yeah, yeah, let yeah. the drafting commence with the first pick in the field draft. This feels like... I'm not really going to get a value pick here. I feel like I'm kind of locked into this pick. Uh, The number one pick in in the field draft will be Wrigley Field. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like when you think about, when you think about who deserves to go number one, who else would you take number one in a field draft? I guess you'll see with my, you'll find out at number two. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. With the second pick in the draft, I picked the Field of Dreams. Yeah, that's, that's what a I good had one. Number one. That's why. That's a good one. one. I was uh, okay. I just uh, the, the Wrigley Field going first of all. It's not a bad pick. It just was. No, it's not a not bad met, pick. It wasn't met with enough excitement, maybe because there aren't too many Cubs fans that heard you pick that. I, I actually really enjoy Wrigley Field. It's a great time, and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful ballpark. But I think that's a that's like a fourth round pick. A fourth round pick. Wow. There's a lot of good fields that I have. I don't wow. even have Wrigley on my list. Okay. Yeah, I didn't, I, have, I didn't either, but that's because I forgot. I didn't have Field of Dreams on my list, but it, it did cross Ooh, my mind. It just never got guy. it never got pen to paper. Yikes. Oh, that's a tough one. Remember that. Okay, Ryan Sartori, not a Field of Dreams fan. <laughs> All right, I'll go. Uh, my first pick would have been Field of Dreams, uh, but the next song I'm going with is just a, a beautiful, timeless song, and it's the Fields of Strawberry. Strawberry yeah. Fields Forever. That made my that list was, for sure. That was like the first thing that came to my mind. It's just a great song. It, it paints a really nice picture. It, uh, I don't know, it's just kind of pretty. And I will say, I think I had the prettiest list last week, but uh, the, the, maybe there aren't points for pretty. So I'm the prettiest list, the, the most audible list, and then whatever Ryan had. 
<laughs> chaos. Yours is all smells. Yours is all different <laughs> scents. Not mine. That was no, that no, was yeah, Tyler's. Yeah. This is the Tyler's grass and the rain and tangible experiences. Open. I thought I could relate to people. Uh, well, all right, and then I- I'm going to take actually the best field in Chicago. Uh, for sure, would have been ahead of Wrigley Field. It's the Field Museum. Oh, I had that on my oh. list as well, dude. The Field Museum. I have not been there in such a long time, but that like that's it. A class field trip spot that's a like trying to just do something on the weekend. One of the coolest historical museums in the country, Field Museum at number two. One of the most complete, me. that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Rockford's version of the Field Museum is called the Burpee Museum. I think I've been there. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Fun. They have a, 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 a T Rex. Yeah, uh, they always yeah. said it was, it wasn't it Sue's sister, if that's what they called her. Didn't hear that, but you know, I'll, I'll never forget that when I was a kid. That was a great <laughs> pick, Ryan. That was on, or Jack. That was on my list too. Um, I am going to go with your favorite day when you were a kid in, in elementary school. Fuck. Field day. God damn it! I didn't think of that. That's a good one. That was the best day in elementary school, right? This is an mm-hmm. excellent pick. This is an but like now that I think about it. I, maybe there were a couple other like highlights on a given calendar year, but yeah, once you hit late April, you're like, when's field day? This is an excellent pick. That was actually probably going to come off the board next because I thought I was being real original with field day. Uh, But no, I mean, on top of that, like watching an athletic performance where somebody is having a field day is also a very fun experience and a fun phrase to use when Mm -hmm. somebody is trotting all over another team. Um, so now this gives me a second to kind of sit and think that uh, I'm going to switch things up. I'm not going to go with another establishment. I'm going to go Pretty off good. the beaten path. Well, I'm going to go off the beaten path because uh, I, I get the snake anyway. So I, I would like to take something that many professional teams covet. I would say that in the regular season, this is what they play for more than anything. I'm going to take with the next pick in this draft home field advantage. That's okay, that's a lot better than I what I thought. See, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think of that one. That's that's a great pick. I thought you were going to say field position, and I'm like, wow, that's so boring. All these teams fighting for field position. <laughs> <laughs> no, not here. You guys uh, like home field advantage? Do you like? Question. Would you yes. prefer sports to be in a vacuum, like neutral site, or do you like the home field advantage? I like home field advantage. I think it's a, a fun thing to to play for. And I think that it definitely adds significant value for the regular season. Otherwise, what what are you playing for? You know, like if it was at neutral sites, what's it what's it for? Um, so uh, next on the board. I think I've got to go back to one of the more beautiful stadiums that I've ever been to um, and one that I know a ton of baseball fans really enjoy especially those who play mlb the show shout out to all my uh all my ps4 players out there uh it's course field course field in denver colorado a, a beautiful field uh, again one that i've been to i i was absolutely enamored with uh, the stadium the views all of it so course field is is my next selection that's good i've also heard that's one of the cooler stadiums in baseball so cool juice so balls cool. all the time <laughs> only ever juice balls after the World Baseball Classic is like, let's go play at the Chase Field humidor. <laughs> <laughs> My third pick is is off the beaten path as well. I'm going with Cloverfields, as in the movie saga. That is oh. Cloverfield, 
uh, the Cloverfield Paradox and uh, Cloverfield Lane. Great movie saga. Cloverfield franchise. Hmm. Okay. Not one that I had. No, I, I, I think that's a, that, that's got a little bit, not that it's not a popular thing, but I do think there's a pretty dedicated like cult following that gets very excited when there's another Cloverfield production coming out. Yeah. You just need, them, you need to get them to vote. <laughs> right. I, you know, I didn't know because that was the first thing I thought of when, when he said field. So I didn't know if that was something that popped in your heads as well. So I, I thought the three was a pretty safe pick for it. I do like that. We've all gone away from like the traditional meaning of field. Everybody has at least one pick. I'm glad the precedent was set last week. I had to make a, like a chaos list of picks, but now we're all exactly where I want us to be this week. So Jack, you have the ninth pick in this draft. Uh, yeah. And it was only because you capitalized it, by the way, in the text that you sent, you said we're doing a fields draft and fields was capitalized. So that's why I thought of uh, like proper noun type things, not just the literal, like I'm going to go play on football field. That's what I'm going to take. No. Uh, all right. Let's see. Where am I here? Do I want to reach a little bit? No, you know what? Sports podcast. You got to take some sports stuff. Uh, I'm going to take field events. I think if you're going to watch track and field, I personally would much mm. rather watch the field events. So you're giving me, give me the javelin, the discus, the pole vault. And I, instead I'm losing the like different length runs and stuff. So yeah, give me the shot put, uh, all these kind of the field events is what they're called. Um, and you get the snake. I do get the snake. And I'll take them because I, I think I could have safely taken them fifth, but it's March Madness, right? We're all ready for it. I'm taking the field of 68, which is the, uh, that's the name given to the teams that qualify for March Madness. 68 teams make the bracket. So the field of 68, even though some of them are going to lose this week, most of them are going to lose this week. I'm welcoming all of them to my fields draft. I will take all 68 teams. Interesting. Tyler, I'm I'm very interested to see how exactly you put that in a graphic. Um, I'm uh, going to put the, the NCAA bracket in there. I would um, like to see or every just single team's logo. <laughs> yeah, <you> know, <laughs> One player from each team, please. <laughs> That's so hard. That'd be so difficult. It's a lot of work on my end. Uh, my Tyler, Tyler, you've got pick number 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go... With field of vision, we'd like, okay. we like to be able to see. Um, the literal, like, okay. To your literal field of vision. Huh. I really feel like I've got some pretty significant value picks here at the snake. Uh, I could go a couple different ways here. I mean, these are my last two picks. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to play them appropriately. God, there's so much value here. Do I go back sports? What do I have? Home field advantages. You got Wrigley, home field, and course. Yeah, they're all sports. All <laughs> right, this is for all my uh, this for all my man whores out there. Whoa, all my I guess you know this is a everybody friendly podcast. All my regular whores too. <laughs> I have no idea where this is going. Uh, I'm going with playing the field. For those unfamiliar with the term, this is where you have a uh, probably a roster of individuals that you date or do other things with. Um, and, uh, it, you know, you do things with the whole roster. You play the field. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. And I would assume for somebody who does play the field, it's a whole lot of fun. 
I've never, never would. That's a, it's an interesting pick on your, considering you have like a, over a 10 year relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying I have, like I said, never would, uh, but I'm sure for somebody out there, they're like, this guy gets it. I don't, uh, but I'm here for you. Kind of, <laughs> not in the way you want me to be. Um, wrapping things up. There's so much, there's so much value here. I went for the joke pick. I feel like I really got to bring things home. But you did a joke um, pick first, right? No. Took Wrigley uh, <laughs> bringing things home. Uh, it, I mean, this is going to be sacrilegious, especially with the emblem that I have on my, my left breast. Uh, it's the home of Titletown. It's one of the most historic stadiums in the NFL. Uh, one that many people dream of playing at. I'm With my final pick, I'm going to draft Lambeau Field. This is where this is tough because I I think it would have been cool if we had done if we all took the like stadium field approach that would have been nice. If we but all took the stadium, evaluated like one against the other. This is tough. If we us. all took the stadium field approach, we would we wouldn't have been able to have fifteen picks. There's only so many that are fields. You can't do stadium. Like I, yeah. I didn't do I didn't do Fenway Park. True. I mean, you've got some like college ones and stuff too, right? Sure, okay. which, I'll, you know, we'll we'll go over the honorable mentions. The undrafted free agents come up next. Tyler, this already kind of hurts because we each have one more pick left, and I already think we're both ahead of Ryan again, and he's going to somehow win. Yeah, because he's going to post the poll, and then that's bias, confirmation bias. Um, it's, anyway. on a, it's on the fucking yeah, on the Hanging account. Banners podcast account. If you vote <laughs> for it more than once on different accounts. There's only one poll that matters. You can put the poll up on your Instagram story all you want. Mm -hmm. It doesn't count. That's Mm -hmm. biased in and of itself. Wait a second. Were you voting with your personal account and the uh, and the hanging? Did the hanging banners account vote in the poll? Did I do the loser approach and vote on the like the the creating accounts own poll? No. Okay, just checking. (laughs) You guys all have access to the to the the Twitter. Uh, you guys can all go check to see if the, the Twitter uh, voted on its own poll. Okay, maybe I will. All right, Tyler, you guys are logged in on our own Twitter. I don't log in because I don't. I didn't know if that was an issue. If if you wouldn't be able to access it if I have it under my account, so I can switch between. Anyway, a conversation. Yeah, for I was going to say. Day. All right, <laughs> my, my last my last pick. Um, again, I I'm going with. Sunflower fields because they're some of the most beautiful things I've ever seen while I was in Canada. So, a full field of sunflowers. Yeah. All right. Nice, so uh, that prompts <laughs> a, a trivia question. Do you guys know which state is the sunflower state? I do not know. Happiness. It's <laughs> close. <laughs> close. It, it's not happiness. It's uh, it's Kansas. Kansas oh. is the sunflower state. Hmm. Sweet. Uh, Jack, you have the final pick of the Fields draft. Yeah, I have some things that I think I would appreciate more than anybody else would. So I'm just going to go for standard acclaim. And I'm going to take two-time Oscar winner, two-time Emmy winner, and also one of the stars of the upcoming movie 80 for Brady, uh, Sally Field. Who I feel Great like pick. actually Sally Field's most 
notable works to people in our generation are not her actual most acclaimed performances like Forrest Gump and the Spider-Man movies, but she won her Oscars for, I think it was, what was it? Norma Ray and I can't think of what the other one was, but it was very old. How I know Sally Field is Forrest Gump's mom. Like that's who comes up in my head. Yeah. When or Aunt May and the Spider-Man's was the yep. other one that I think a lot of people have. Yeah. So whether that's how you know her or you know her, well, what was the other one? It's the amazing Spider-Man. Oh yeah. The Just amazing Spider-Man's. Yeah. Fucking Goomba. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's good. No, no, no. Let, let's 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 correct all the information so that people realize that Sally Field is a as a irrelevant, finally irrele- mystery irrelevant pick is a um that, that I think is insane value. She could have gone first round. Jeez. She could have. She could have. She was on my list. Uh, undrafted free agents for me: Justin Fields, Boo. Uh, Soldier Field, Mrs. Fields Cookies. Yeah, I had that's a good one. one. Yeah, undrafted one. free agent. That that would probably be a highly coveted undrafted free agent. Um, and also kind of an out-of-the-way pick, uh, and one that I'm sure not many people would know, but Appalachian State has a phenomenal baseball field, uh, especially when fall time rolls around, all the leaves and stuff are changing. It, it's, it's beautiful. I would look up photos. Uh, that's Beaver Field at Jim and Betty Smith Stadium is gorgeous. Uh, all my undrafted. Oregon State's field? It's the App State Beaver Field. <laughs> no, it's the Appalachian State Mountaineers Field. It's Beaver Field. Beaver. Interesting. Yeah. Tyler, do you have any leftovers? I do not. Wow. You got everybody on your big board? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, like you said, we had like an hour to to, to put this together. So um, this is what I threw together. I, I'm happy with my list. I, I don't think... You know, I didn't want to be normal to be average this week and pick a bunch of just regular fields. So um, I think I stand apart pretty good with my list. Yeah. So Tyler goes field of dreams, field day, Cloverfield saga, field of vision and sunflower field. Yep. And Jack, uh, do you have any uh, undrafted free agents? Oh, I had a ton, but I'm not going to name all of them. The, the one that I was thinking about at the end, uh, there's a poem called In Flanders Fields that's uh, often regarded as one of the nicer poems. I, I do really enjoy it as well. It was a World War One poem. Uh, it's a pretty good one. Fields of Gold, a song by Sting, thought is pretty good. And then I had to, as a better, I had to consider the field when every now and then you'll have listed odds that are somebody so favored that you can bet them or the field. Uh, but normally if that's the case, it's because the field isn't as good as that other side. And so uh, that's why I couldn't take them. But those were the, those are the ones I was considering. Otherwise it's a bunch of junk. Uh, Jack's team as a whole strawberry fields forever. Um, field museum. He also had field events, the field of 68, and Sally Field. Great team. Great team. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know that. Uh, hopefully finish top two in voting. That's, I don't that's know that top. anything beats Wrigley Field, Home Field Advantage, Coors Field, playing the field, and Lambeau Field. But, you know, I we'll like find home field out. Advantage. I like Home Field Advantage. It was nice to see everybody collectively go, oh, yeah, I like that pick. Everybody always likes to rag on me for my picks, I guess. I say always as if picks. I've done this. For episodes and episodes, this is two consecutive episodes where everybody has consecutively hated almost every single one of my picks. Uh, a reminder for all that I am one and zero. You guys are zero and one. 
Also, uh, a reminder for all, make sure you go vote on our poll. We're going to have it up earlier this week. It was a little biased. I'll say we. Someone, <laughs> someone, oh, I'm going to take charge of this poll this week. I'm putting it up on our Instagram and our Twitter, <laughs> and we're going to get more consistent results across right. both. Wait, wait. So. Uh, just functions of social media. I'll tell you why I'm not posting it because I'm probably the most social media illiterate of the three is – on Instagram, you put the poll in your story, right? But that only lasts for uh, 24 hours, yeah? Mm-hmm. But if we put it on Twitter, then we can make it last for multiple days, right? Is it worth yeah. doing that or sure. do we do both? I, I'm just curious on the the mechanisms, how we're accumulating these votes. So I think because this is going to air Wednesday. Is that that's the day, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So I will put the poll up. The, on Thursday. Thursday will be the only day people can vote. We will only consider Thursday votes. Wow. Okay. Hey, putting his foot down. That's all I can ask. Jack, um, huge news in NFL free agency uh, developing right now uh, with the New Orleans Saints. Oh, no. Jameis Winston is, is finalizing a deal to return to the Saints. Do we have any idea what the terms of that deal are? No, but uh, apparently... Joe uh, Josina Anderson is the one who got the text from uh, Jameis Winston saying that he's finalizing the deal. And as we're wrapping up this show, Draymond Jones is planning to sign a big deal with the Seahawks. The numbers are not out yet, but as I'm checking my phone and seeing everything uh, as we're, we're going through this, Eric Kendricks has just signed with the chargers. Marcus Davenport is going to the Vikings. Jimmy Ward is signing with the Texans and Draymond Jones is headed again to Seattle. Those are the the big moves that happened while we were recording. That's crazy. Do you think the saints believe that Jameis Winston can still like blossom into a a better quarterback? Cause I wonder if it's a, nobody else was going to pay him as much. They just like him in the system or whatever, but with Derek Carr now, I I like it cause I like Jameis, but I'm a little confused is all. I feel like Jameis could go get starting reps somewhere. Like what is, what, what's Washington going to do this year at quarterback? Are they just going to roll out Heineke every day, every, every They've game? Got a, I'm fine with that. Howell. They still have Howell on the team. Uh, Sam Howell. Yeah. yeah from, uh, is that UNC? UNC. The, the, the gap between uh, Trubisky and uh, Spencer right. May that's coming out next year. Yeah. Um, also while we were in and recording, uh, Zach Allen is the headed Broncos. to, the Broncos, yeah, I'm headed to Denver. So the Denver Broncos seem like they're all in. <laughs> all right, I'm trying to be kind of in. Yeah, uh, Bobby Okariki signed a deal with the Colts while we were recording. Lots of stuff happened, so we've got to catch up on some of this stuff. We'll uh, wrap up the show, though, by hanging a banner. Guys, what do you got? I'll go. <laughs> I heard the inhale. I'm like, all right, I'll let him go. And I'm like, no, you, you think about it for a second. Mine's easy. It's quick. So uh, you don't have much time to think because I don't think it would be right to hang a banner for anything other than March Madness. And I imagine that even though we want different banners to be hung throughout the uh, course that this show runs, uh, anytime that we hit the first week of March Madness from here going forwards, the banner I'm hanging will always be for March Madness. So listen, you're – you are more than welcome to go absolutely March Madness wild uh, <laughs> during the first week of March Madness because when opening day comes around, I will be even more insufferable about baseball than I have previously been in the off season for baseball. 
Dude, um, I might hang a banner for March Madness on opening day, depending on how everything shakes out. <laughs> just to remind you what it's really like to have a bunch of fun. Um, I want to hang a banner this week for Rudy Gobert. Um, oh, three no. years ago this week was the infamous, uh, like, spreading of COVID amongst the Utah Jazz when everything was starting to kind of uh, come to fruition with COVID and the initial breakout uh, when he was being interviewed by reporters and then stood up and touched all of their recording devices. And literally, was it a day later that Donovan Mitchell was diagnosed with uh, with COVID <laughs> and then Rudy Gobert was uh, tested positive for, for COVID? Like, uh, it, it was a... It was the epitome of the ignorance that we had towards a disease that impacted our lives and continues to impact our lives. Uh, three years ago this week, Rudy Gobert did that. Oh my God. That was so, that was so weird, dude. Him just like wiping his hands over everything and seeing all the like Snapchat memories that pop up on my feed of like, Oh, I know this was what I did right before everything got shut down. Um, pretty surreal feeling yeah uh, still to this day um i'm hanging a banner this week for the st louis night uh battle hawks yes they sold they sold uh out of their tickets yeah um they almost opened the 400 level of the stadium um but they stick they stuck with the 300 level for this first game and had 40,000 people in attendance um, absolutely mind blowing for an XFL game this season, which attendance hasn't been super great. Um, most attendance was probably at Audi Field with the DC Defenders. Now the crown is given to St. Louis. Crazy environment to play in. I'm sure. Very cool that even after the events that have happened in your life, that you're still uh, able to give uh, flowers out to uh, the XFL. Hats off to you, man. That's uh, big. Yeah, well, it's not going to be it's not going to seem like I'm big once the season's over and I do a tell all. So it'll be very interesting. Wow. My also, producer, my producer brain just went <laughs> Battlehawks. Such a cool name for a team. Excellent. A plus name. There's so many dumb ones like Brahma's. How self-serving can you be, Dwayne? Uh, the Draymond Jones deal, three years, $48 million. So not a huge deal for uh, Draymond, who is expected to have a gigantic exorbitant price as a defensive tackle. But we will wrap up the show here in episode 25. Thanks for hanging with the Hang of Banners podcast. We'll see you again uh, next week for episode 26. Also keep an eye out for the Hanging Banners Bracket Breakdown podcast, which will be coming your way uh, whenever you choose to click on it. But it'll be available on anywhere you get your podcast, anywhere that you can uh, watch this podcast, which happens to just be YouTube. So <laughs> we got to get out of here. I don't, I don't, I, my tact, my, my flow in and out of sentences, <laughs> completely off. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for hanging again, guys. Peace. Okay, great. Thanks a lot for that look in sports, Brian. Yeah. And when we come back, we'll have one final look at weather. Stay tuned.